Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Now, as my regular listeners know, and by the way, I I really value my regular listeners, those brave listeners who all share the thick skin of intellectual skepticism and whose collective imagination has provided for me, Timmy, the courage to push on, yes. And by the way, to all of you who have expressed your indignation, whether it was through some crude Trumpian tweet or, or, or with some angry and aggrieved email. Hey, look, nobody is twisting your arm. You don't have to listen. There, there are, there are, there's some great food podcasts out there. There's one called Spicy, I think, that I heard is really good. So anyway, anyway, as for my rugged, regular listeners, as you know, as you remember, we left off our last episode with something of a cliffhanger. We were talking about this chance meeting that I had in an English pub with the feminist scholar and our historian, Orestia Shestov. And through her, we learned about the early life of the American expatriate painter, Fawn Roberts. And uh, through this serendipitous encounter, our eyes were open to the unlikely yet incontrovertible fact that Fawn Roberts, as a direct contemporary of Picasso Brock, well, James Joyce, um, Blaise Sondra, Andre Breton, Tristan Sara, etc., etc., you get the idea that Fawn Roberts was in fact, at the very least an equal, and a pioneer, and an indispensable factor in the development of early European modernism. And I hope you took the time to look it up. I, 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 I asked you to look her up. I mean, Roberts's work is very, very strong, somewhat disturbing, but strong, and, and, and I, I, I believe it holds up very well today. And, and Dr. Shestov, I hope you looked her up as well, because there's plenty, there's plenty to see online about Dr. Orestia Shestov. Shestov is, is single-minded in her militancy. She, she is out to not only set the record straight, but to affect a total reassessment, a total reversal in how we describe the role of women in this grand narrative of modern art history. And you know what? It is about bloody time. Now, Professor Shestov will be the first one to admit that these days, hey, universities are pretty good at endowing prestigious professorships, chairs to their ever-expanding gender studies departments, but, but she points out, she 
points out that the unfortunate focus of these departments continues to be that of feminist grievance rather than female genius. They talk too much about exclusion and not enough about the sheer independent genius of the participants in modernism's stunning revolution. Professor Shestov, I have to say, has a lot of courage. She is not afraid to implicate her colleagues, many of whom are eminent women, eminent women scholars. I won't mention them by name, but I can assure you she does. She calls them out. She calls them out as accessories to, to what she calls, and I'm quoting here, a perverse inversion of intersectional complacency. inversion of intersectional complacency. I mean, whoa. Whoa, girl. Whoa. When I emailed Dr. Shestov telling her that I was planning to do a podcast episode about her research on Vaughn Roberts, she wrote back to me within minutes, within minutes. She wrote back to me, and, and I have it in front of me. I have it, let, let me, here, let me find it. Here, here it is, here it is. <clears throat> hey, Timmy, great to hear from you. Thanks so much for your interest. I'm so excited. This is so cool, so cool. I've become such a huge fan of your podcast, and I'm really, really grateful to be a part of it. This is going to be great. I know you'll be able to tell my story and Fawn's story in a clear and generous and entertaining way. I have to tell you, Timmy, that I am so sick and tired of having my work described as just another critique of Western hegemonic axes of psychosymbolic patriarchal narrative structuralism. I've just had it with that. Timmy, this is so great. Smiley face. Exclamation point. Woot woot Orestia. Well, hey, Oristaya, I'm, 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 I'm sure you got my email, but I, I want to make this public so our listeners can be part of this too. Oristaya, really, thank you. Really, it's, it's you that I, that we, that we are indebted to. Me and my listeners, me and my listeners, we are indebted to you. Thank you. Thank you. Smiley face. Thank you. Now, here's the deal. Professor Orestia Shestov is not a big fan of Derrida. No, no surprise there. 
She actually worked with him briefly when he was teaching at UC Irvine. Anyway, Derrida coined this very nice term, phalagocentrism, which basically means that language, how shall I put this, that, 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 that language assigns meaning. Language assigns meaning to the world from a male perspective. So, it's a conventional article of faith that Brock, Picasso, Matisse and company wrote the tune and everyone else pretty much sang along. But, take another look. Who exactly influenced whom? That's Oresteia Shestov's issue. That's her crusade. She insists that we've got to rewrite the textbooks because the marginalization of female artists in general, and Fawn Roberts in particular, is much more than just an egregious academic oversight. It speaks of a culture of gender bias that stretches well into the mid-18th century and beyond. She brings up, for example, Delacroix, and Cecilia Montoya. Now you're probably wondering who Cecilia Montoya is. See, that's exactly the point. See, Montoya was, until now, until Dr. Shestov started to set the record straight, was a little-known romantic painter and librettist. She, she, if she's known at all, it's for that lovely, though terribly faded, fresco that she did in uh, in, in in this nice church in Charlevoix. Uh, what's it called? Uh, St. Agnes. Anyway, you could go see it. But the thing is, Montoya, who was an intimate acquaintance of Delacroix, actually traveled to Morocco in 1829, a full three years before Delacroix's famous trip. And it was there where she did these incredible watercolor sketches of Jewish women bathing in the Khalifa Mikvah in Tangier. You can look it up. And, and, and also, what about Bougreau and his infinitely more talented model, Felida Tonorea, whose beautiful, beautiful preparatory drawings, beautiful, provided many, if not most, of the compositional ideas behind Bougreau's Birth of Venus. Uh, sometimes known as La Naissance de Venus, and also uh, Nymphium as well. But we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The primary focus of Professor Shestov's research has to do specifically with Fawn Roberts and specifically with the relationship between Fawn Roberts and the guys. Between Fawn Roberts and the guys. The guys. The guys like Rouault, Dufy, Derain, Delaney, Modigliani, and of course, the big guy. The big guy. The big guy. Picasso. Basically. Basically, Picasso's 1907 Les Demoiselles d'Avignon would have been inconceivable had he not seen Fawn Roberts's earlier and frankly more outrageous 1906 hymn to Aphrodite. 
you look at that. If you see the two side by side, this becomes shockingly obvious. Look, I want to talk more about this, but, 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 but we're actually out of time. But let me give you some homework. I want you to look something up. There was, there, was this, there was this thing in France, this thing in Paris that was pretty big in the years just before World War I. It was called, it was called uh, Literature Fessé, or in English, you might call it um, something like um, Fessé. You might, we might call it flagellation literature. Books like uh, Georgette Stock, a uh, famous book at the time called Le Magnetisme de la Baguette. Uh, the English title, I, hap I, I happen to know for a fact, is called The Magnetism of the Rod. You could look that up. This, this stuff was all the rage, and the artists of the avant-garde were all over it. But it was Fawn Roberts, it was up to her to actually invent a visual language equal to these types of books. And because she was a woman, and because she was gay, Conventional readings of art history have swept her into the cracks, diminished her into a carnival oddity, marginalized her into a modernist mascot, and buried her under the gloomy shadows of Cubism. Fawn Roberts, painter, poet, visionary, woman. Well, that's enough angry, corrective advocacy for today. But I promise we'll continue to rearrange the furniture of art history in future episodes of our award-winning podcast, The Lives of Contemporary Artists.